0: From Feature Story News in Washington, I'm Simon Marks. The leader of Britain's opposition Labour Party, Sir Keir Starmer, is calling for a two to three week national lockdown to try to stem the rise of COVID-19 infections in the country. The move comes amid growing public disquiet over rising coronavirus deaths in Britain and the introduction only yesterday of a tiered response to the crisis by Prime Minister Boris Johnson. From FSN's London bureau, Stuart Smith reports. The leader of the opposition Labour Party, Sir Keir Starmer, says the government has lost control of its response to coronavirus and is no longer following scientific advice. There's no longer time to give this Prime Minister the benefit of the doubt. The government's plan simply isn't working. The government's scientific advisers recommended a two-week lockdown for all of England weeks ago. The Health Secretary, Matt Hancock, says the government is listening to its experts but is also trying to balance damage to the economy and to education. US Supreme Court nominee Judge Amy Coney Barrett has evaded questions about her views on key issues on the second day of her Senate confirmation hearing. She also said that no one at the White House has pressured her to rule in any particular way. From FSN's Washington, Washington Bureau Kate Fisher reports
1: The conservative judge repeatedly refused to be drawn on abortion, health care, and LGBTQ rights, vowing that she would stick to the authority of the law. I don't have any agenda. Um, I have an agenda to stick to the rule of law and decide cases as they come. Democrats fear that Judge Barrett's successful nomination would favor Republicans in politically sensitive cases that reach the Supreme Court. Kate Fisher. Washington.
0: At the World Trade Organization the EU has won the right to impose $4 billion worth of tariffs on American products in retaliation for illegal government assistance given to US aeroplane manufacturer Boeing. The decision follows a parallel case the US brought against Europe for subsidies to its largest manufacturer Airbus. The pharmaceutical manufacturer Eli Lilly is pausing a clinical trial of an antibody treatment for COVID-19 because of what it calls a potential safety concern. The news came hours after Johnson & Johnson halted a vaccine trial because a volunteer fell unexpectedly ill. The International Monetary Fund is warning despite improvement the global economy remains prone to setbacks because of the pandemic. In its latest World Economic Outlook report, it has raised its growth projection this year to minus 4.4%. From FSN's Washington Bureau, Nick Harper reports. The IMF sees improvements to the global economy, but it warns there's still a long and difficult ascent ahead. Much of the report warns of the unpredictability, that anything essentially could happen. The IMF says economic activity remains prone to setbacks, and that in turn will cause lasting damage to living standards around the world. From bureaus worldwide, this is FSN. This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Activated by contract termination rumors of our demise are greatly exaggerated welcome to Stacy on the right with your host Stacy Washington she's blessed to be a Bible reading gun-toting Air Force veteran wife and mom righteously American
1: Welcome to the program. We're going to be discussing today Amy Coney Barrett. She is already a sitting judge and she's now enduring many, 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 many hours of questioning of the most fanatical type by the Judiciary Committee. Uh, the Democrats are stark raving mad over the fact that she has gone ahead and accepted the nomination from the president and gone forward to present herself and her credentials for for questioning. We're going to chat about that today. We also have an interview with Burgess Owens, NFL great. He's running for Congress in Utah. And he joined us to chat about that and just share uh, his thoughts on a number of issues that are hitting us today in the news. So Let's get into this with uh, Judge Amy Coney Barrett. First of all, I I was really surprised by one thing in particular. I'd heard of her intellect. I've read a lot of stories about, uh, especially firsthand accounts of her generosity with her time as a professor as she mentors students and offers them her advice on their career paths. So it was very interesting to see her present herself for questioning in the Senate Judiciary panel without any notes. In fact, it was so interesting to most Americans that it went viral. And so the images of her holding up the empty notepad And the images of her from from above, where in the the gallery area, they're actually peering down on her and taking photographs of her from where you can see the whole table. And she just has a couple of bottles of water, the empty notepad. Uh, It appears there's a pen there, but she's not taking any notes and she doesn't have any binders or any reference materials there to refer to. And so all of the questions that she's been answering have been coming straight from memory, which... I mean, for some people, you'd say, well, why wouldn't she know it? Because she teaches it. But we're talking about huge, just reams of of information about precedent. And she's been doing it all from memory. So it was really interesting. Uh, And and one of the highlights of that came when she was talking about, uh, you know, the, the legal severability with a focus on the ACA. So she was talking about the legal doctrine of severability, which generally means that a court will strike down a single provision of a law without undermining the entirety of the law. Now, she had to explain this because next month the Supreme Court is going to hear arguments surrounding the Affordable Care Act and its legality. And of course, it's already had a number of its provisions stricken down, but this is the kind of the final uh, nail in the coffin. You know, if, if it goes wrong, it'll completely dismantle the very contentious and hard fought, you know, it's a Democrat piece of legislation. No Republicans had any part in it, except for Mitt Romney, who created the template for the ACA, commonly known as Obamacare, back when he was a governor. She actually refused to discuss how she would vote on the case. She did say, quote, the presumption is always in favor of severability, end quote. And Lindsey Graham actually praised her for being a role model for conservative women, now, she's not universally celebrated, obviously. Um, she has a, a interesting faith background. She's Catholic, but she's a part of the People of Praise movement, which is a close-knit community that simply practices the Word of God literally. And it's uh, it's actually a beautiful thing because most people who've interacted with her and her family and others in the People of Praise movement have said repeatedly that they're the nicest people you'll ever meet, the most polite, the most generous, and the most kind. So, It appears that operating within the confines of the Bible has created a community in which they have a great reputation, but leave it up to liberals to characterize the people of praise as a handmaiden's tale, which coincidentally was not based upon the people of praise. The producers and directors of that Hollywood fiction have actually said it has nothing to do with them, nothing to do with that movement, nothing to do with the people of praise at all. Yet that rumor persists. Also, for feminists to be against Amy Coney Barrett simply because she's pro-life kind of belies their mantra that they support all women, they believe all women, that they're for all women because they actually have not acknowledged the fact that she would be the first sitting Supreme Court justice in the United States to have school-aged children at home and not just a couple. Yeah, that's right. She has seven children, Five biological, two adopted. The two adopted kids are from Haiti, which has also been a bit of a firestorm with the most negative, nasty comments coming from liberals about her being a racist who's using the children as props to hide her racism. No proof or evidence of said racism, but there it is. Graham said to Amy Coney Barrett yesterday, quote, I've never been more proud of the nominee than I am of you. This is history being made, folks, end quote. Uh, He also praised her personal views on abortion, um, it would be the first time the court would ever have a, a woman who's unashamedly pro-life embracing her faith without apology. And I just think for those of us who've been in this fight for you know, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, some, some, some of us have been in not so long. It doesn't matter when you joined. If you're pro-life, this is a beautiful moment. Uh, so many people have waited for a pro-life woman to sit on the Supreme Court of the United States to represent the views of those of us who believe life is sacred and precious. It, it, it's a wonderful thing. And I'm so excited that she's there. But I want to discuss one more thing that was a kind of a lightning rod. And make no mistake, almost everything she said has been a lightning rod because the Democrats want to paint her as some awful racist who hates women and hates babies and everything else. But we know the truth is that she is absolutely fantastic and and we can be excited about her being in the court. So she actually was being questioned on an issue that impacts LGBTQ Americans. And the question was, she said she would not discriminate on the basis of sexual preference, end quote. And then an MSNBC producer called the term sexual preference offensive and outdated. That tweet has been retweeted 26,000 times. But is that term actually offensive? This is for your toolkit, listeners. Joe Biden used the same term in May of 2020. Ruth Bader Ginsburg used the same term in 2017. Dianne Feinstein, the ranking Democrat on the Senate Judiciary Committee, also used it in 2017. Dick Durbin and Richard Blumenthal have also said sexual preference during speeches on the Senate floor in the past decade. And you can find its more recent usage in The Huffington Post and The Atlantic, which are online magazines that skew to the left. And by skew to the left, I mean their leftist rags. So, a gay rights advocate also used the term September twenty fifth of twenty twenty in an interview with a gay rights magazine called The Advocate. None of these usages required any type of upset or offense. It's only because Amy Coney Barrett is using it that it's now all of a sudden improper to say sexual preference. It's not offensive. And it was in the Merriam-Webster's definition as recently as September 28th of 2020, which goes to show you how quickly leftists are effectively rewriting our language and our history and eliminating terms from usage based on some Twitter user becoming offended. All in all, I think we couldn't have seen a more stellar performance from a nominee, especially a woman, a young woman. She's not even 50 years old yet. She's done such an admirable job in her interview. And I think there's... Uh, an opportunity for all of us to kind of look at what she's been able to do, and to kind of steal ourselves, and and also to see her life and her accomplishments as a, a driver for for our own, uh, to spur us on to new heights of being able to do things that we maybe thought, uh, you know, what I can't, I, it's too late for me to do that. I can't do that, or I'm not sure if I can get that done. You look at her and you say, you know, what I probably could get it done. Maybe there's a way for me to get it done. Maybe I need to sit down with someone and get some advice on getting it done. Maybe I need to talk to someone. Uh, or, or I, my recommendation is, first off, pr- pray about it. Think about what it is you're trying to do. Pray about it and then see if God will send some assistance. I, I really sincerely believe he will. I am looking forward to her joining the Supreme Court and being able to rule on cases and hearing her opinions. She is so brilliantly intelligent and, and her personality comes through. She seems like she's fun. She's easy to laugh. She seems like someone who would be great to have over for dinner or to go to their house for dinner. And it just is such, and uh, it's a, it's an amazing time to be alive. It's a bright spot in what has been really just politically really a kind of negative time with all of the accusations going back and forth and the inability of anyone to simply admit that we're all still one country, even though we're fighting over politics right now. And that's my recap of the hearings thus far. The links are in the show notes, but right now it's my pleasure to welcome my good friend, NFL great congressional candidate from Utah, Burgess Owens. Burgess, welcome to the program. Hey.
2: Thank you. Thank you, Stacey. Yes. How you doing?
1: Doing well. How are you?
2: Very good! My goodness, it's so good talking to you again, my friend, for sure. Looking forward to this.
1: So I was like, "Oh, we have Burgess today. So cool!" So, um, (laughs) first of all, my friend, how is the race going? How are How are you? How's the race? How's everything?
2: The race is going great. Uh, we have a lot of energy. Uh, and very, very similar to what I think we, we're seeing across our country. There's so many people that really want, want change right now. And we need to just make sure we can uh, uh, see it through, fight uh, to the very end, leave everything on the field. And, and I just have so much faith in the American people, number one, and with times to do the right things. So we have a history of doing that. And, and I'm excited about where we are to, to today for sure.
1: So I'm excited too because I just cannot wait for you to be there adding your sense and abilities and expertise to that august body which is in dire need of some grown-ups and some truth. And that's what we're expecting you to bring from the great state of Utah. Can you just I I'm looking at the congressional election nationwide. And I'm yes. seeing political bias of the kind I've never seen before. It's at a level that is just unprecedented.
2: Yeah, well, what's happening, uh, Stacey, is that, uh, you know, we're at that point. We've had, uh, I think, a, a year for our country to wake up. Uh, we have a, uh, we're having conversations now that we have not had for a long, long time where Democrats, independents and Republicans are looking at what it, what it, what it looks like uh, uh, to have the left take control. We're seeing shutdown of businesses. Uh, uh, we're seeing not being able to church. Uh, we're seeing shutdown of schools. All those things that take away our life, lived in pursuit of happiness. So what's happening with our president, he's been able the last three or four years to pull back the curtain. We're seeing now what's been going on, what's going on underneath these 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 termites, the the, the radical left that's been literally working against our, our institutions for a long, long time. And because we're now at this point where we can go. We, you know, we're, we're fighting for the hardest of our nation. They understand that, too. And they're, they're frantic. They're, they're desperate. They're, they don't care now about progressively moving forward. They want to sprint the last 10 yards, they feel, to get in. Because they know that once we get this, this country back, once our president wins the election, once we get the House back and put some more back on in the Senate, those guys are losing power about a minute, and they understand that. So uh, I'm excited, first of all, that they don't know when to stop. They, they, they started their riots way too early. American people are waking up saying, I, I, I'm just not into this. I want I want life, liberty. I want peace. I want security. Things that all of Americans have expected with this great country. And, and we've seen the left because they have no idea what wisdom looks like. They just have lost control. So it, it's, a, it's a good thing for us. Because there's no grade anymore, and I'm excited about Americans standing up, pulling off the miracle we did in, in 2016, doing it one more time, and making sure we get this uh, get this thing done with the shore.
1: So you mentioned something there that I want to highlight because I don't think we talk about it enough publicly in our discourse and that is wisdom. Uh, it's it's not something everyone has. It's not it's not a commodity that's widely held. Some people have become experts in sounding wise, but their actions prove yep. otherwise. And so you know, you can be a talking head or you can be someone who's truly wise and acts wisely and the result of Acting wisely is that other people are helped and good things happen, bad things are prevented, etc. So can you talk a yep. little bit about how we? Hit, it's not just a dearth of what? wisdom; it's like idiots are running the show, especially on the left. They have so many people over there who are unqualified yet are in positions of power.
2: What What a great question, uh, Stacey. And you're right. We don't talk about this long, uh, quite enough. Wisdom comes from God. Period. There's only only source of wisdom. And, uh, the reason why we have this great constitution that has lived and survived for 245 years has given us the freest country in the history of mankind is because it was based on, 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 flawed men, uh, reaching out and trying to get as much wisdom from the God that they believed in to put together a proclamation, a, a, a mission statement that gives us the opportunity to continue to, to keep that moving forward. So no, we have people that, are, that, they call, they consider themselves intelligent, knowledgeable, but wisdom is, is having vision. And that vision allows us to see past the obstacles we have today It's having faith that, uh, uh, that good people will be rewarded for their good, good deeds and their good, act, good actions. So I, 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 the reason I have so much faith in the American people because the American people still believe there's a the God in heaven. A majority of us are going to do our very best. We might worship him in different ways. It doesn't matter. But because we do worship him, we want to be the best we can. We want the blessings he gives us. And we want to make sure we can only do that by making sure other people that we run across, our lives are blessing others. So that, that is why we have the country that is that every, every single generation gets better at looking at each other from inside out, versus inside, out, inside out versus outside in. That's who we are, and that's why we are no longer a country of systemic racism. That is the greatest lie that's ever been told, and it's only told because people are still in our history and have no idea how far we've come and how great of a country we are today.
1: So I I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, there is a lot of ignorance on how wonderful America is. And there's the, this persistent, uh, it, it kind of increased during the Obama administration. You remember, he said, America is yep. not an exceptional nation. We're not a Christian nation. We're not a net good in the world. And his... <laughs> continued down talking from the Oval Office and, and abroad where he would go and bow down to other world leaders, I think it really damaged the psyche of impressionable Americans who already don't have a great civics education. And so when you talk about the this this idea of who we are, what, you know, what we believe yep. in, what we promote, what we export from this country, what we do when we go abroad with our philanthropy, our ideas, even the products that are made in America or abroad, but the idea of the product, the creation of it, came from this country and it benefits the lives of billions of people across the globe and we ignore all of that and instead focus on racism and smaller issues and i look i'm black you're black we know what racism is we've experienced it it's not that it's not real but it doesn't prevent someone like you from going to the nfl someone like me from sitting behind a mic here on national radio and speaking to millions of people Racism is not the thing that is preventing people from achieving their goals. Yet saying that is almost an act of aggression. When people hear it, they yeah. immediately they're triggered. How do we get back to a place where the simple act of telling the truth is no longer uh, almost a crime?
2: Well, we have to first of all learn our history, and uh, it was Karl Marx, which is you have to understand what we're up against, uh, my my friends. It's been a long fight uh, for our judeo-christian Judeo- values against uh, the socialist and marxism that has been have been undermining us for quite a while as Karl marx has said very simply the first battleground is writing rewriting of history you steal our history you steal pride for who we were in the past appreciates where we are today and any vision for our future and that's what they've done very very effectively i'll say this about president uh, obama the greatest president of president obama was a such a lousy president that, 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 that people have woken up. We had in June, 40% of black Americans trending toward President Obama, I mean, apparently President uh, Trump, because of the, the, the lack of leadership, the, the lack of success that the previous administration went through. So what, what, what's good about, I think the last, last three or four years is that the curtain's being pulled back. We now realize that because you were a black American, it doesn't mean you cannot succeed in this country. The, the, the message I get from my, my great background in the '60s, where we led our country in the growth of middle class, midate from college, opportunities of entrepreneurs, those things are coming back because policies allows us to have our freedom to pursue our dreams of coming back. So what, I, what I'm excited about is that we have come to a point now where we can finally have conversations about who our true enemy is, and it's not each other. It's an ideology, an ideology is that, that's been embraced by blacks and whites, elitists. That would rather have misery as a strategy versus a uh, 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 faith and and, and excitement and, uh, and a great future. So we're seeing it. Uh, by the way, Stacey, just to make this point, Burgess for Utah dot com. Mm-hmm. Yes, three, <laughs> three or four weeks away from the, the big day, and I tell you guys, they have put ten million dollars of negative ad to try to scare particular senior citizens here. Uh, and I think they kind of forgot maybe that I'm a senior citizen. I don't know what these guys are thinking, <laughs> but at the end of the day, end of the day. Uh, this is this is our moment. And not just here, but across our country. Please, wherever your your representatives are, your new freshman team, many, pretty, pretty, many of them are very much like me, have never been a politician before. We need to get this new team in. This new team of patriots will finally start dealing with things like DACA and, and Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid. All those things have been not touched by the career politicians. We can finally do it because we have a president who's shown what American-loving leading lead, loving leadership looks like. <clears throat> we just need to get a house. <clears throat> That puts together laws that will follow through on that. And I tell you, the next four years, Stacy, it can be a renaissance for our nation. So just get ready. Just have faith that the Republican Party has some answers and patriots that are going to finally get this thing done with. And we'll be proud when it's all said and done.
1: Thank you so much for that, and and I I just encourage people to find out more about Burgess Owens. If you don't know who he is, if you've never read any of his books, if you've never heard him, I've I've interviewed you so many times, and I've just <laughs> I've, I'm so grateful for our friendship and for the ability to be able to talk Stay to here. you because you're so wise. And so I just encourage people to find out more about him. Give the website again. I want people to make sure they know where to find you.
2: Burgessboyutah.com and you'll find, uh, find the information. matter of fact, spread it, to, spread it to, to anybody that you have in District 4, Utah, get the word to them, because we we'll want to make sure they understand there's some facts there that we need to understand and, and, and go forward. So, and, and say, Stacey, once again, it's so good to do it again, as soon as possible, okay?
1: All right, as soon as possible, and you get out there and win this thing. I've got to see you in Congress. They need you there. Uh, burgess Owens, burgess dot utahcom Great to talk to you. Thank
2: you, Stacey. Take care. Right.
1: Bye-bye. Take care. So, uh, listen, you, you heard him. He's got something special that he's talking about, and that is wisdom and the truth and also running for Congress.